Welcome to By the Ghost Light, where we take the national theater news and tell you why you care about it in your own frozen corner of the world. I'm Ryan, and I'm cold. I'm Cassie, and I'm cold. My office has three exterior walls. It's a terrible time to be in Ohio. Schools are closing. It's negative degrees outside. We don't have hur- hurricanes. We don't have earthquakes. We don't have scorpions. That's my mantra. But it's cold. It's cold. It's so cold. Uh, we got a lot of headlines. There's a lot of Broadway news. There's so much going on. It's like everybody stopped for two weeks and then decided, hey, we'll all drop news the same week. So here we go. Old sport. Is that a great, great Gatsby reference? It's a great Gatsby reference. It's a great Gatsby transition because great Gatsby to no one's surprise is going to Broadway. The only real surprise was which one was it going to be? Exactly. Which one was going to get there first? Yeah. So great Gatsby from paper mill playhouse with Jeremy Jordan and Ava Noble Dezada. It's going into the Broadway theater, uh, March 29th, opening night, April 25th. This is not a surprise. It's official no. now, but this was expected. Yeah. Of the paper mill production, the critic from theater mania said, well, old sports, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but the finished product ultimately lays an East egg. All right. That's not super great. Uh, but the second sentence here is, Nonetheless, it was sold out before its first preview and became the highest grossing show in paper mill history. Well, yeah, because you have Jeremy Jordan and Ava Noblezato. Stunt casting works. Stunt casting works when they can sing, too. When they can sing. And it's it's a it's world hard premiere. even it's hard even to call that stunt casting because they're both such broadway specific famous people yeah so i feel like that's not stunt casting that's just broadway casting yeah this is not unsurprised or un unforeseen this is just uh, the next step the second gadsby uh is one that will play their pre-broadway run at the american repertory theater beginning in may so they're behind so we could get gatsby's in uh two separate tony cycles which I think is hilarious. I think that's better than having them in the same Tony cycle. No, yeah, I mean, that would be I don't so know. confusing. It'd be wildly confusing. I'd be here for it. I would be here for it too. The chaos, man. You would have to make them perform back to back at the Tony Awards, right? I think they should perform just simultaneously. Like, oh, at the same like time. Okay. you surely have to have a song that captures the same moment from the story, right? Like right. at least one of them has to overlap. So they just sing them both at the same time. They both have a song called Green Light, right? Exactly. Yeah, they have to. Uh, I did not know this part, though. The second Gatsby, as I'm referring to it, the one that's uh, not Jeremy and Ava, is written by uh, Florence Welch of the band Florence the Machine. That Florence. I feel like I knew that. It's one of those sentences that comes out of my mouth and I go, I think I've said this before, but... I gotta say it again, because Gatsby is everywhere. Uh, hot take. Please. It's okay. The book? Like, the story. Listen, I'm gonna be real honest with you. I've never read it. 
I think I finished it when it was assigned to me in 10th grade. It was never assigned in any of my English classes. And so because I never had to read it, I never had any desire to read it. Yeah, that's fair. I can feel like classics lovers getting all up in arms, but like, nah, man, life is too short to read books I'm not interested in reading. Sure is. Can we talk about a book that I do want to read? Sure. And by read, I mean have it read to me. Okay. So we talk a lot on here about um, Broadway becoming more accessible, right? We do. And this is one way to do that, I think. So uh, Jodie Comer won basically every single award on the West End and on Broadway for her solo performance in Prima Facie. Right. It has been adapted by the playwright into a, they're calling it a novelistic form, which Jodie Comer will read as an audiobook. That's very cool. Read slash perform. There's a lot of interesting accessibility news coming out of How to Dance in Ohio as well. Sure is. Uh, if you are not familiar or you missed when we talked about it in the past, that's a new musical on Broadway right now that's based on a documentary of the same name. Um, and it features its its main seven characters are all autistic based on mm-hmm. real life people who are autistic and played by autistic actors. Mm-hmm. And every performance of that show is a sensory-friendly performance. Kind of feels like it has to be for the exactly as well, right? Like, that's how that goes. And I know that they have, like, noise-canceling headphones that you can get that will send um, the microphones directly into your ears and cancel out all the audience noise around you as well. Wow. And, and so I, I just, I love to see that integration. I think that's something that... Is, is a step that needs to be taken across the industry is to make, I mean, we've talked about making Broadway more accessible, like to the masses yeah. just in general, but like making theater accessible to different kinds of people as well. I'm not going to lie. There's a handful of shows that I wouldn't mind seeing on Broadway with that technology. Mm-hmm. Like to be able to not hear the people around you and just yeah. be solely focused on the performance. That sounds great, actually. It does. Especially by the time you spent that much money for that ticket. Mm-hmm. Hmm. How soon before we see other theaters adapt this? Because there's obviously, all of them are ADA compliant, right? All the Broadway theaters are ADA compliant, and you can get uh, uh, listening assistive devices, but that's different. Yeah. This was compared to, like, wearing your... Uh, super fancy noise isolate uh, noise cancellation isolate out the world top of the line headphones and that are being live streamed the feed from the stage like this is not cheap or easy no but it's I'm an important it's step happening. and I'm, I'm very glad it's happening absolutely another thing that's uh, happening that we all kind of assumed was going to happen is the new Sondheim show that uh, closed a little while back it ran off-Broadway at the Shed. Uh, it's called Here We Are. It's the final score by Sondheim. And we are, are getting a cast recording of it slated to come out sometime this spring. Um, and I just love this very much. This is the show that has about 17 different ideas happening at the same time. Yep. David Hyde Pierce uh, is a bishop that doesn't want to be a bishop. 
And there was that very, very, very good table that was supported by nothing. Yes. Yes. So I need to know more. I want to hear it. Um, I do kind of hope that people aren't putting this thing up on a pedestal already. Because mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine it's that polished. Right. And I think that's an important thing to keep in mind when you're listening to it is that this is not the musical in the final form that Sondheim would have presented it. Mm-hmm. It It is lacking those final steps of going through previews, getting workshop feedback, making changes, all those sorts of things, because obviously Sondheim passed away before he finished it. Right. And so that's an important thing to keep in mind when you're watching it and listening to it. I am very excited to hear it, though, because uh, it has been kept pretty vague. I'm sure you could find it and figure it out if we really wanted to. But I, I kind of like that it's plot wise and everything has been kept out of the public eye a little bit more. Um, so I'll be interested to hear all of that and hear how it goes. Um, in more more casting news, and uh, this one's uh, quite a quite the shot in the dark because we're getting announcements for 2025 already. My goodness. Starting with Roundabout Theater mm-hmm. Company. Okay. Because they're an actual theater company that a- announces an actual season. So they've announced their 24-25 Broadway and off-Broadway season. They're starting off with a revival of David Henry Huang's Yellowface in 2024. It would also see the Broadway premiere of the Pulitzer Prize winning English by Sanaz uh, Tusi, set in an Iranian classroom where English learners practice for their proficiency exam. Uh, It had an off-Broadway co-production and now it's moving to Broadway. They will also premiere Megan Kennedy's The Counter and Bess Wool's Liberation. Uh, so another one from Best Wall there. Uh, but the biggest thing in this is uh, they will be doing a new revival of Gilbert and Sullivan's The Pirates of Penzance, starring Raman Karimlu as the Pirate King and David Hyde Pierce as the Major General. The very model of a modern Major General? Well, it's not the very model because um, it's going to be in New Orleans. Interesting. And it is, quote, sizzling with Caribbean rhythms and French quarter flair. Okay, I'm not sure exactly what that means. Uh, updated orchestrations, updated music, uh, uh, reimagining is what they're calling it. So, Are we sure. going to swing Modern Major General? Is that what's going to happen? Uh, actually, uh, Sebastian the Crab's going to do it. Beautiful. Yes, I would like to hear Davi Diggs do modern major general absolutely speed that up to like five times the traditional speed i love it let's do it and then we get all the bad tiktoks of people trying to do it and Uh yeah that'll be a whole thing it'll be great josh groban and anna lee ashford have played their final performance of sweeney todd they sure have they've taken the final bow did you hear their speeches i did I was moving. And yeah. Then, and then Annalie was funny. But <laughs> I will sing the praises of seeing Josh do this forever because it was absolutely amazing. Will forever be sad that I didn't actually get to see Annalie do it. Yeah. But um, I'm just thrilled yeah. that Annalie is now in kind of the mainstream spotlight of Broadway because I've been mm-hmm. a fan of hers for years. Forever. 
but she was doing a lot of like workshopping and tryouts of things and not actually transferring to Broadway. And so I'm just thrilled that people know who she is now because I love her. Yes. Uh, all the way back to Legally Blonde mm-hmm. days and then everything in between. And she did uh, uh, Sylvia with mm-hmm. Matthew Broderick uh, when that revival hit. That's where I, what I knew her from because that happened roughly the same time that I did Sylvia. And I played the Matthew Broderick role and got interested and figured out who Annalie Ashford was and is and she's just so 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 very good but she's got a show she does have a show she landed a show it's called happy face it's gonna be a paramount plus series uh it is apparently inspired by the podcast of the same name from iHeartMedia, uh which is um also based off of a book shattered silence uh it is about a f- uh 15 year old who discovers that her father is a prolific serial killer. Huh. And then as an adult, she has changed her name and guarded her secret while her father has been serving life in prison. Happy Face, Paramount Plus. So this is not funny. No. Unless it's funny in the way that Dexter's funny. Yeah, like dark. Yeah, real dark. Well, I'm pleased. I'm pleased for her. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. We've seen Josh Groban post backstage photos and everything because um he was off social media for this whole run apparently i didn't even realize it but he has been radio silence until he has stepped out of the role um and it's been cool to see some of the backstage stuff and everything else uh but somebody took a video of his final entrance uh of him laying down on the uh the trap door the platform that gets raised up that takes him up and he springs to life uh, during the prologue Uh, and it's quite the entrance but I just love seeing him laying there like having this moment like as the show's happening and chaos is around him but it's just that last moment that the actor has to prepare for honestly like one of the hardest vocal roles Mm -hmm. and the range you have to have for this vocally and from like an acting standpoint the number of things you have to do for that many hours uh, eight shows a week Props to him. He did it. Nobody was really sure if he could or not, but he did it. He did it real good. In other casting news, Alex Brightman has joined the cast of Spamalot. Sure has. Because that uh, that Ethan guy had to go uh, finish shooting a movie. Uh-huh. I think it's about witches. It's not a musical, though, right? God, I hope not. There's been so many. And we're getting another one because uh, Corn Show... Which we love. Corn Show for the the win is getting a feature film, a movie musical version. Yes. uh, This is not a uh, recording of a performance and it's not trying to put the the musical on stage. They're calling this a full adaptation of adapting uh, to the big screen. And it was announced at the curtain call of the show's final performance, January 14th. There's also a tour coming. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, Cassie, we've been making corn show for the wind jokes for about seven months now. We sure have. We might actually have to get shirts. We might. We might actually, because uh, this is the little show that could, and it's not going anywhere. We are, in fact, going to get to sit in a theater and watch the tour of this and sit in a theater and watch the film of this. Yeah, it's a date, man. It's going to be great. 
popcorn show for the win. Man, every now and then, like, you just get the piece of news. It's like, hey, you know, maybe there's uh, some bright spots in the world, right? Like, we're going to take this very, very silly corn show. It doesn't make any sense. It's called Shucked. And then we're going to take it on tour. We're going to win a Tony. And we're going to make it into a movie. Beautiful. 10 out of 10. Which is great, because I'm sure the show itself is probably only like a 7 out of 10. Right. But the the ambiance, I guess, that's been built up around it. The lore. The lore. The everything around the everything. It's just... It's just a good time. I'm told. I don't know. I haven't gotten to see it. Well, we're in the midst of awards season right we now. Are. And Elton John just got his EGOT. Did he? Finally? He, he did. He won an Emmy for, I think, a, a televised version of one of his concerts. But he won an Emmy, so he now has an EGOT. He has joined the ranks. And I was reading through an article that listed, you know, everybody who's gotten an EGOT and the people who are, like, on the cusp, who are, like, lacking one award in order Mm -hmm. to claim their EGOT. Yeah. And I did not know before looking at that list, Julie Andrews does not have a Tony. Huh. Well, it would have been for... She has one award away from... Her EGOT, and the award she is missing is the Tony, Julie Andrews. Huh. Well, we know her from all her film stuff. It's true. That is true. How has she not thrown money at a show as a producer yet? Exactly. Come on, Julie. We all know that she can't sing anymore, right? Because of the botched surgery and everything that she can't talk about legally. So she's not going to get, you know, she's not going to Audra this, right, and go back Mm -hmm, in and... mm -hmm play gypsy rose or something like that right like that's not what's happening but how has she not thrown money at a show right or one how has she not gotten an honorary tony now would that count they did have in this article they did have a list of people who've achieved an egot because of honorary like lifetime achievement recognition Mm -hmm. awards yeah and if anybody deserves a lifetime achievement tony award it's julie andrews yeah how is she not I don't understand. You'd think you would just do it. Anyway, that shocked me. I was stunned it, to learn that. It uh, shocked you? It shocked me. I was shocked. Shocked and confused. It's a terrible bit and do not apologize for it. So there's this. Uh, there's two movies that have come out that I've seen that you haven't. I want to see both of them, but I have this baby. Yeah. And I love him. And I'm glad that I have him. But he makes doing things very difficult. This is true. Especially is true. things this... outside of my home. Yes, because uh, you can't take the tiny child to many things yet. No. No, you can't do it. Um, and the movie theater is definitely not one of those places. No. So there is a movie out, a new rom-com, anything. Anyone But You is what it's called with Glenn Powell and Sidney Sweeney. It is 100% rated R, and it is an adaptation of Much Do About Nothing. And it is absolutely delightful, and I enjoyed it very, 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 very much. And I do not want to spoil all of the little Shakespeare nods that they have in it, because some of them are pretty obvious and some of them are pretty well hidden. 
uh, and they do a good job of walking that fine line. Um, they changed gender for a couple of the characters to update it for today, mm-hmm. uh, and it, I think it works pretty well. Um, but it is uh, pretty beat for beat on a lot of it. Uh, it is a destination wedding in Sydney. Okay. So that means that they do end up like throwing them in the ocean outside of the opera house. Yeah, of course. And then they have to get rescued by the Coast Guard or the Australian Coast Guard. That's the only reason to set a rom-com in Australia is so that you can dump your characters into the ocean in front of the opera house. Yes. Uh, it was very Benedict and Beatrice. It was... Or Ben and B, as they're known in this. Yes. Do recommend, especially those of you out there that uh, are aware of the show or have fond memories of the show. It's a delightful time. Um, the other thing that came out is this little musical called Mean Girls. Just this tiny little thing. That's um, not a musical. It's just a Tina Fey film from 2004. Uh, oops. Uh, I got news for you. They're not it's just remaking the movie? So they asked the cast that because uh, there's no more strikes, so cast can do interviews and stuff again. And I've seen a couple of them, and in one of them, one of them asked them to describe to like put percentages to uh, how much uh, the mu- uh, the new movie musical was like the original film, how much it was the musical, the Broadway musical, and how much of it was new. Um, and they kind of settled on about fifty percent. The original film, 35% the Broadway musical, and 15% new. And that feels about right. Okay. Because this is absolutely not the Broadway musical. Okay. They, they did not start with the Broadway musical and go, okay, now let's figure this out. No, they started with the movie from 2004, and then they made the songs fit and made the plot lines fit. And then updated it all for 2024. So uh, cell phones everywhere, TikTok everywhere. They use vertical video a handful of times to great effect. Um, It is very, very much as uh, one review I saw said, Mean Girls for the TikTok generation. Cancel culture's in there a couple of times. Uh, Janice is uh, definitely a lesbian. Uh, Damien is definitely gay. Uh, they don't kind of hint at it anymore. They're mm-hmm. leaning full into all of this as they should. Yes. Um, it is wild, is my word for it. I'm really interested to see it because it sounds like such a new kind of adaptation. This kind of amalgamation of things to create mm-hmm. something that's that's totally new. And I feel like that's not necessarily something we see anymore mm-hmm. and it's something i wouldn't mind seeing more of yeah because this is an original idea mm-hmm. 20 years ago at least and then they yeah. have remade it in different venues a couple different times and it still maintains the same plot beats and the same soul of it is still there but it feels different and it feels to me like the approach to this is similar to the approach that some people wanted musical fans wanted when they like updated Disney's Beauty and the Beast and Disney's Little Mermaid Mm -hmm. where okay you have stage musicals of these shows with really iconic music and songs 
And we'd love to see a melding of the two. We'd love to Mm -hmm. see, you know, if I can't love her in the movie version of Beauty and the Beast as you're updating it. Like just an acknowledgement that that form of this story also exists and is loved. And Mm -hmm. so it's interesting to me that that was how they approached this adaptation. And I think I like it. I'm speaking, of course, not having seen any of it. And not honestly being that familiar with the musical. I'm familiar enough, but I'm not, I've never seen Mm -hmm. it performed. But I'm intrigued. It is uh, not all of the music from the musical. Mm -hmm. They cut a handful of songs because they had to, and they cut some down because they had to. I think the main thing that we lose from the musical to this version well it's two things one is the orchestrations behind the music Mm -hmm. because that doesn't work for this and i've seen a lot of people on tiktok and the internet and everything going well look it just doesn't sound as good it's like yeah no that's a broadway pit and this is a 2024 pop movie musical that wants to trend on tiktok yeah no there's no there's no violins in this no no, that's guitars and bass and drums and yeah. So uh, people are like, it's less intricate. Yes, it is. It's a movie. You are correct. Congratulations. Um, the other thing that isn't in there is the uh, stage version did a really, really good job of really fleshing out the other two plastics. Mm-hmm. Gretchen and Karen. They get really fleshed out. They get their own arcs. They get their own songs. They get their own everything. And that is, those songs are still partially here, but those plot lines are not nearly as explored because it's a movie. Right. And you don't need all these B-plots. You don't need to delve into all of it. And it does the same thing with uh, Damien. Damien has a song with a whole B-plot, or C-plot even, in the musical that is not in the movie. And... I knew they weren't there. I didn't really miss them because it felt like it would have just been extra for the movie. I absolutely understand why people would miss that. It's a good movie. I don't know if you get it if you don't love musicals or love the original movie. I don't know if it works. Um, It plays with, oh my God, what's the word? Diegetic. Diegetic, yes. Uh, it, It plays with the idea of something being diegetic so hard I can't even really describe it they will snap back and forth from we're singing in the real world and dancing in the real world to snapping out of it and oh it's a daydream okay she's daydreaming that and now we're gonna snap back to the real world and then snap back to the dream or this is her inner thought or inner monologue. Great, awesome. But we're still going to keep singing in the real world. It jumps over that line. That line is not sacred. It does not exist. The opening of the movie is Janice and Damien uh, singing a cautionary tale to an iPhone in vertical video in their garage. And then the garage door opens and the camera pans through it. And then we're in Africa. I saw a clip of that. That's intriguing to me. Yeah, but it's them uh, in the world singing the song, but it's also them like talking about, hey, is the camera ready? Are you ready to go? One, two, three, four, let's go. Uh, 
and I don't know if it's quote unquote real or not. I don't know if it's diegetic or not. And it works. It shouldn't work, and it works. Good to know. It's the end of that thought, I think. It's really interesting. Like, could be studied in a collegiate class interesting. (laughs) Well, in five months, when it streams somewhere, (laughs) I will watch it, and I will let you know what I think. When it's on Paramount or wherever in a couple months. I still haven't watched Waitress yet, so I need to get on that, too. Mm Mm-hmm. So we're both casting shows like as we speak. Like we have taken a yes. break from the audi- from the casting process to talk into microphones. Yes, indeed. We sure have. I don't know how I'm casting my show yet. I've got callbacks tomorrow uh, for Complete Works of William Shakespeare, Bridge Vised again. Um, so that will be interesting. Uh, I don't remember a time that I've held callbacks with adults that it has felt so wide open going into callbacks going like, I don't know how I'm going to cast this show. I don't like, I know three of these people on this list will be cast and I don't know which three it'll be. And I have a different casting hurdle. Whereas I have my cast. I know Mm -hmm. the number of people in my show. I know who they are, but I haven't assigned them roles yet. Mm Hmm. And that's just the nature of the show that we're doing. Um, everybody's going to be playing multiple little roles. So I have sure. sent out, or I will have sent out as soon as this recording is done. I have sent out the cast list like to say, hey, these people are in the show. Um, but I, I don't know if they're going to get an actual cast list before the read-through or if I'm just going to hand them their script mm-hmm. and be like, your parts are all marked. That might be easier. Probably. <laughs> probably with the nature of this show with all the different stories throughout it have you picked all the stories or were you kind of waiting for a cast list i i've picked all the stories i was kind of waiting to decide whether some of them were going to be the song versions or the straight versions except that there was a kerfuffle with getting the score so i still don't have the score for the show um and because of that I'm just going to stick to the two songs that I know already rather than take a chance that another one of the songs is decent and I have enough people to sing it. Um, I also was very clear with the kids like this is not a musical. There's two songs as part of this play, but it's not a musical and you don't have to be able to sing. Gotcha. That's good to know up front. I'm going to have six soloists. If you would like to be a soloist, you can sing for me a little bit. Uh, But... Otherwise, you're only going to be singing as part of the big, large group, which is not it's just kind of a lie because everybody gets like one solo line. But like mm-hmm. if you don't want to sing or you don't feel confident singing, like you can speak it and it'll be fine. Nice. So, uh, yeah, so I'm in the process of uh, I'm in the process of putting that jigsaw puzzle together. Just throw all the pieces up in the air and see where they fall. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. That's you, theater. Yeah. Yeah. It all works out eventually, probably, eventually. more or less. I think that's uh, about all we've got for today. Amazingly, this is going to be one of our shorter episodes. That's because it's so cold. It is so cold. I need to go turn the heat back on. Uh, we are part of the Ghost Light Media Network. You can find us over on 
ghostlightmedia.net uh, and our Patreon as well. Uh, join us over there, and we'd love to hear from you all on the Discord server as well. Um, oh, Ryan. Yes. I, I forgot to ask this. We haven't talked about Paris in forever. Our ghost light, our ghost light media ghost. Who's Paris? The ghost of the podcast. Have you heard from him? Do you know what he's been up to? I can neither confirm nor deny that we created a ghost for this podcast network who has done some hauntings. And I can neither confirm nor deny that the ghost may have done some shenanigans. With who, Ryan? It certainly wouldn't be our good friend Andy, would it? And if it was, there's no way there would be news articles about it. No, and there's no way he'd be talking about a poltergeist going and messing with his his notebooks and things in his house. Right after. And that wasn't us. Paris, go find out what's up with our friend Andy. Yeah, like, we're not responsible for any of this. No, but it is, is it is legal true. For the record, not our fault. <laughs> we didn't do this thing. But who's Paris? No idea. But it's pretty funny. If you it's go read hilarious. about it, it's the best. <laughs> oh man, this is a this is a strange timeline, huh? The strangest. The strangest. Indeed. But hey, if you do support us on the Patreon. Uh, January is our month to do the special episode. As of this moment, when we're recording, we have no idea what that episode's going to be. We have a kind of good idea what that episode's going to be. But, you know, if you want to hear us talk about more inane niche things, yep, we'll check us out over January there. We'll have our January episode up in the next couple of weeks. Next week or so, I guess, by the time you're hearing this. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of By the Ghost Light. My name's Ryan. My name's Cassie. And join us next time by the ghost line. This has been a Ghostlight Media production.